So I was gone 61 days and uh, bicycled uh, 50 of them, 11 rest days, and every night uh, we would leave in the morning, 6 o'clock when it was cool, and get usually into camp around 2. Uh, latest was 4, and so every evening I would spend about 4 to 5 hours reading, writing, and then a rest days most of the day. And I came home with uh, 30 lessons already on Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 1 through 13. I'm going to do that starting in September at 8 o'clock in the morning and also an evening uh, session, the same one. And the goal of the evening one is to capture those of you who are, go away on weekends. And so you can come to that uh, midweek service that I'll be teaching. And this, this study has been life-changing for me. Hebrews is an awesome book. It's really difficult, but it's been fun studying it, and so I got it all ready to go. And I'm going to have a whole little syllabus uh, f- for everyone that comes to the class. And I got uh, leadership one I'm going to teach, leadership two, leadership three. I'm going to do a ladies' leadership class. I'm going to start over. Last year was the first year, and I was kind of experimenting. I didn't know uh, really how to do it without... Uh, my goal was not to make any ladies cry. I think I made it. But I think i got to make it. So I'm redoing it, and I'm going to do it again. So I'll do the ladies' class. And so that all started in September. Uh, a bunch of great stuff, but I uh, did most of that on the trip. So it was super, super profitable. And also just for me. So I wrote this sermon on the trip, too. So let's go through it. It's kind of addressed to a select part of you this morning, but it'll apply to all of you sooner or later. Uh, the title of it is, I'm an old man, and I'm just getting started. And uh, some of you are old women, men, and some of you will be. And so it's a key thing. Number one in your notes, the church is the body of Christ. Our church, JBC, we're the body of Christ. That is, we are like Jesus. We're here in person. We're God's only method for doing his work in the world. We are the only hope for the world. It isn't politics. It isn't government. It's the church that God works through. Some churches are healthy. Some churches are sick. Some churches, God's working in and through other churches, he is not at all. And so we want to be a blessed church that's doing uh, the will of God, and it's the people in it that makes that happen. Ephesians 1.22, he put all things, this is God, he put all things, everything, without exception, in subjection under his feet, Jesus, and gave him as head over all things to the church, to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. That means that's what God works through. That's what he uses. Local churches, and so that's what we are. Number two, there are many who are part of a church who are worthless and useless for doing anything that matters. Now, that's all those other churches, not here. Uh, But there are people that they're too busy, really. their house, their job, their lawn, their dog, their cat, their hobbies, their vacations. A lot of stuff just sucks up all their time. And so they don't do much. They're just too busy. Others are apathetic. They don't really care. Uh, and then there's those that think, I don't have any ability. I don't have any talents. I'll just leave that to other people that have got what it takes. I don't. Everybody does. God has equipped and gifted every individual to be able to serve and to do something that matters. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body, 
the whole body, that means every individual in it being fitted and held together by what every joint, every part, every, not part, every uh, joint supplies according to the proper working of each, each, every, everyone causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. You know what it means when the church grows? It means people are getting saved. People are moving from an eternity to hell to an eternity in heaven are growing and becoming disciples of Jesus because of the proper working of each individual part. And so if you think, well, you know, they don't need me, it's like me saying, I've got a lot of parts here. I can, I don't need my liver. I got a lot of parts here. I can get by without my kidneys. I have a lot of different parts. The lungs can check out. Now, any one of the parts check out and the whole body pays the price. Same thing's true with us. And where you sit, if you think, I don't, eh, they don't need me, uh, we pay the price. The whole church does. And people who don't know Jesus pay the price. Disciples, uh, potential disciples pay the price. It's the proper working of every person plugged in in some way that causes the growth of the body. Uh, you matter. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, his workmanship, his picture as it as were created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Number three, according to one church growth consultant, the most useless people in most local churches are teenagers and seniors. Now, we just saw a group of teenagers. They're going to Mexico. Uh, they're not useless. And uh, we've got good, good teenagers, um, good leadership, good training, uh, uh, seniors, seniors, ah, oh, man, I'm past my prime. I can't do much. Let me, uh, I'd like to see, uh, show you a little video right now. Dick Pearson's been on the elder board for 20-plus years, and he's just resigned from the elder board because of health reasons. And uh, when he retired from the state as a printer, he took me out to lunch, and he said, I've been working for the state of Oregon full-time. I want to work for Jesus full-time now. And uh, so here's a little... Uh, video of an interview. Dick, uh, I remember several years ago when you retired from being, uh, from working at the state printer's office. Mm -hmm. What's that been, 20 years or so now? Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, yeah okay. And uh, anyway, according to Dee, you took him out to dinner and or out to lunch and told him, uh, I, I've been here working for the state of Oregon most of my life and now I want to work for the Lord, and uh, for, I guess for both of you, this question is, uh, you, after you retired, you tried a number of different things, uh, ministries, and some worked out, and some didn't, but you kept trying, and at uh, one point, uh, according to Dee, it became obvious to him, as we were all growing older, that we needed some kind of seniors ministry in the church. And he asked you if you would like to take that on. So maybe Lou, you could tell us a little about that. We started uh, the Golden Eagles, um, and uh, we got some other seniors involved, mm -hmm. and, and moved the basic most of the leadership over to someone else. Mm -hmm. And then we just kept helping them set up their right. uh, annual retreats every year. And, yep. So, and then one day at an elders meeting, you brought a proposal to start a ministry that you called Homeland Missions, mm -hmm. which included the uh, foster family kids uh, ministry, but other things as well. So where did all that come from and uh, 
how's it gone? Well, <clears throat> Dick and I were foster parents for 17 right. years. And uh, we were asked when we retired, when we both retired, we were asked to work at a camp over in Menville mm -hmm. in the church that Bard Marshall was involved in. And so we worked there for four years and then they closed their camp down for lack of leadership. So they challenged us to start a ministry here at JBC. So we, we started looking at that and praying about it. And um, obviously there was, it was going to take some money and it was going to take some volunteers. Right. And so we got to thinking about, okay, are there other things that we could do in our community that would also take mm -hmm. some money. So we looked at um, we looked at Benevolent Fund and are there people in our community that could help, need help. And so we saw that as a ministry we needed to do. Mm -hmm. So um, Dick and I together wrote up a proposal for um, uh, a ministry called Homeland Missions. And so that's where that came from. Uh, there was a great passion on my part for these hurting kids mm -hmm. because we'd seen it firsthand. And that was really our dream, was to get that going. But as it turned out, there were a lot of other things that um, our first mission trip actually was to help people that had been, their homes destroyed in Hurricane Katrina. Right. And that was like six months after we started Homeland Missions. Dick and I were commissioned to lead that team. <laughs> and we took 17 people from JVC down to that. And that was just an awesome trip. But it just continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And this, these are these words, not mine, so yeah. uh, you weren't spring chickens, he says, <laughs> when you started the Homeland Missions. But you actually directed Royal Family, Family Kids Camp pretty much hands-on for 10 years. Yes. And uh, plus keeping track of uh, a lot of other ministries and starting mm -hmm. new ones like the Friday night uh, mm -hmm. movie program. Mm -hmm. So the, the leading question is, is uh, so how do you guys handle the tired thing? Well, I uh, take naps. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess that would be mine. <laughs> but we, we have, when we first started out with this whole thing, we knew that we needed to do something to protect our marriage right. <laughs> and ourselves uh, from, from getting too busy. So we make it a point of at least once a month, we go overnight, mm -hmm. uh, usually to the beach, sometimes over to the mountains, but usually to the beach, mm -hmm. and we just rest and kind of regroup and have fun, walk on the beach and get re-energized, and then we're ready to go again. Yeah. So. Okay, what about future plans? Uh, what, uh, one, is there one thing that keeps you all dreaming and going and moving? Um, he's looking at me like, well, we kind of talked about that a little earlier, and, and uh, there's um, probably one thing for me, at least, in the dreaming and the going in the new ministry mm -hmm. area, is our Friday morning prayer time that mm -hmm. we have. We have a group that gets together at six o'clock every Friday morning, and we pray specifically for our nation, mm -hmm. for our president, and then for our community. And so I think that corporate praying together for specifically our homeland has caused me to have a lot of these kinds of dreams pop up. Mm -hmm. And right now I have another big one and I won't say what, but because mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll happen, or, but I'm really excited about it. And so, 
that's what keeps me going. So, uh, I don't know if Dick and Llewellyn are in the service, but I think it'd be great to just to honor them with an applause. We've got a great elder board, and uh, we've got elders that have served for years, like Dick, that have been faithful, responsible, and it's the reason God's blessed us as a church, because of that leadership, and uh, they're not useless by any, by any means. Um, Romans 12, 12, uh, 3.12, all have turned aside together, they've become useless. Useless, that's not a good word uh, that would be applied to us. 2 Peter 1.8, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful, the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 19, Jesus is telling a story. Another came saying, Master, here's your mina, which I kept, I put away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down, you reap where you did not sow. He said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. That'll be a sad thing to hear at the end of your life. Titus 1.16, they profess to know God. But by their deeds they deny him, being detestable, disobedient, worthless. Worthless for any good deed. Hebrews 6, 7, ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it, brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is tilled, receives a blessing, a blessing from God. But if he yields thistles and thorns, it's worthless, worthless, close to being cursed, ends up being burned. Number four, seniors as a whole ought to be the most productive workers in the church because they have the wisdom, the character, the experience, and often the time. Character is required by God in order to bless, in order to give assignments, and you don't get character overnight. And many, many seniors have the character that God requires in order to be blessed. Um, it's just a, a key thing. Psalms seventy-one, seventeen. this is one of my key verses. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth I still declare your wondrous deeds, and even when I'm old and gray. See, this is desire. It's want to. It's key. God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are, who are to come. So I pray that every day. Lord, I want to bear more fruit in the next 10 years than I have in the previous 42. I finally figured out what I'm doing. Uh, Lord, don't let a truck run over me on this trip. I'd like to, uh, to do a whole bunch more with my life. I wrote on the trip a bunch of future goals. I don't share them with you because they're kind of crazy, but they're fun to write and read to think, yeah, I think I could do that. Uh, Psalms ninety-two, twelve: the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, full of sap. You know what that means? That means you've got fire and passion, desire, want to. You just, uh, I've I got to do more. I want to. Full of sap. Uh, they're very green. To declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. Isaiah 46, 4. Even to your old age, I will be the same. This is God speaking. And even to your growing years, I will bury you. I, will, I have done it. I will carry you. I will bury you. I will deliver you. Caleb, one of my heroes in the Bible, 85 years old on his birthday, you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. Now behold, I'm 85 years old today. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. Uh, as my strength was then, so my strength is now for war, for going out, for coming in. 
Now give me this hill country. There was this particular area that was full of giants. Caleb says, I'll take them on. Give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there, these giants with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So my goal is to uh, keep pastoring until I'm 85. I'll be 70. I've got 15 more good years left if God blesses. And that's what I'm asking him for, that I could say what Caleb did, my 85th birthday. Man, I'm just as tough today as I was when I was 40, maybe tougher. Number five, often seniors are infected with a disease called weariness. I don't know if you've ever had this thought. Lord, when I was a kid, I had so much energy, but I didn't. Man, I was dumber than a fence post. Now I kind of know what to do, but I don't have any more energy. It seems like it's a kind of a weird combination. But the fact is God loves to give strength. God loves to give strength and power and energy to people, but not very many know how to get it from God. It's not an automatic deal. Isaiah 40, do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. To him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Gain new strength. They will mount up wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. They will walk and not become weary. You know, that's just a nice song for most people. A lot of Christians have no clue what that verse means. They have not experienced it ever in their life. Um, Psalms 18.1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Psalms 18.32, God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. Psalms 18.39, if you have girded me with strength for battle. So I'm going to be 70. I have Parkinson's. One of the major consequences of Parkinson's is a, a weariness. I wake up tired. Uh, I'm exhausted all the time. But uh, you don't have to uh, downsize because you feel tired. You can act in spite of it. One of the reasons I went on this bicycle trip is to be able to say uh, to people, you, I'm almost 70 of Parkinson's and I rode 70 miles every day, uh, six days a week for 60 days. 3,500 miles, and sometimes people say, well, you're just sort of exception." No, I'm not. Uh, I get tired. I'm exhausted. I worry. I struggle with, with it constantly, but it's very doable if you think right. Five things. Five things. First thing is you've got to want to do something that matters, really matters. God's not going to give you strength just to function, to do what everybody else does. He gives you strength to bear fruit. Much fruit, lots of fruit. So if you want to, then you'll get his power. Then ask, 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 ask. The more you ask, the more you get. Ask a hundred times a day. Lord, grant me your strength. Grant me your strength. I want to do something. And then control your thinking. Your thought pops in your head. Man, I'm tired. Don't let that thought stay there. Memorize some Bible verses like Isaiah 40 and move over there and meditate on those. And then control your mouth. Don't speak out of your mouth, Boy, I'm tired. Because if you weren't, you will be. And if you were, you'll be ten times more tired simply because you said it. 
We just say it because uh, we want people to sympathize with us. Don't say, I'm tired. Don't speak it out of your mouth because whatever you say happens. It becomes reality. Uh, so control your mind, your thoughts, control your speech, and then control your flesh. Your flesh says, I'm tired, and so you s sit in a chair and watch television. Get up and do something even though your flesh is tired, and God will give you strength. Uh, it's amazing, but if you don't do anything, uh, if you don't accomplish anything, if you don't attempt anything, you're not going to get any of his strength. Uh, it, really, it really does work. Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart trusts in him, I am helped. Psalms 118:14. The Lord is my strength. Ephesians 3:14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that He will grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. That's what God does. Ephesians 3:20. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Psalm 71, 9, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. That's my desire. Number six, often seniors are controlled by the attitude and philosophy of the world that says seniors are past their prime. You get to be 65, you're on the shelf. You're good for nothing. Just sit down and watch television. And uh, uh, you don't want to let the world control your life. The devil can put the best people on the bench simply because that's the philosophy of the world. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As I can do something that matters, I can make a huge difference if you want to. Seven, choose to conquer apathy, complacency, weariness, worldly thinking, stir up in your own heart desire, passion, faith. I was over at a family in Redmond on this trip and talking about the trip, and uh, so you're going to go home and rest now? I said, no, i got a couple of days, then I'm going to take off for Alaska. I'm going to drive up there 2,500 miles and pull the boat I just built and uh, go halibut fishing. Whoa, where do you get all that energy? I eat carrots. <laughs> I don't like carrots. God gives energy. Psalms 37, 3, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart if you have any. The desires of your heart want to do something that matters, that matters, that really makes a difference. The desires of your heart, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he will do it. Number eight, ask yourself, how much really, really have I done that matters? And then ask yourself, wouldn't you like to do something that does? Wouldn't you like to do a whole lot more? And I just crave more. I want more, more, a w lot more. And uh, you, you have to want, 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 desire more, more. And then God will give it to you. John 21, 25. There are many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world couldn't contain all the books and then Jesus says this, I love this passage, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, I do, the works that I do he will do also, greater works, greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father, whatever you ask in my name that I will do, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. I can do greater works than Jesus. I have that potential if I want to. 
Number nine, bearing more fruit is God's will. It's his will, so he will make it happen if we want, if we want to. Uh, that's what God desires is that we bear fruit right up to the very end of our life. John 15, 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. That means he farms it. He gives strength. He gives resources. He gives guidance. He gives opportunities. Bear fruit. That is a little fruit. You take the first step. You take initiative. Do something, and God will come along and multiply it, amplify it many times over. Bear fruit. He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit, more more. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me. That means you read your Bible. Uh, means you pray. Uh, means you, 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 you attend church. You just do the basics. You abide in him. He bears much fruit. John 15, 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. I chose you, appointed you, that you would go and bear fruit that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. That's his will. Number 10, focus on the judgment seat of Christ. That's the end of our life. We stand before Jesus, and he rewards us for what we've done with our life, the fruit that we've borne. There's going to be some people that stand before Jesus. They have nothing, no rewards, because they've just gone to work, paid their bills, mowed their lawn, gone on vacation, never done anything with their life that really matters. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one, everyone, may be recompensed, rewarded for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Uh, I want a lot on my list. Every morning I pray a prayer of commitment, and part of it is, Today, Lord, I will live my life as if it's the last one I have before I stand before you at the judgment seat of Christ and give an accounting of my life, and I'm recompensed, rewarded by you for all that I've done. I'm going to live today. It's the last one I have. Help me to do that well. 1 Corinthians 3.13. Each man, man's work, each woman's work will become evident today. That's the day we stand before Jesus. We'll show it. Because it is to be revealed with fire, the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Any man's work which he has built on it remains. He will receive a reward, a reward from Jesus that lasts for eternity. Number 11, want to do something great. Want to want as a key. Look for open doors. Create your own opportunities. Be flexible. Be flexible. A couple of years ago on the bicycle trip that I took from San Diego to St. Augustine on the trip, I came to the conclusion that I needed to shift gears in ministry. And I came home and I asked Pastor Mike, I said, Mike, if you could do anything in the church, what would it be? And he said, well, I'd love to preach. I said, okay, it's yours. You take over the preaching. He says, what are you going to do? I says, well, I'm going to teach a class, a couple of classes, leadership. I'm going to do a bunch of different things, and I'm going to write a blog. I'm really going to pour my heart and soul into that blog and communicate uh, to people way beyond JBC uh, through that thing. I just kind of want God to use me, and I think that's a cool way to do that. And so old people get rigid. Don't get rigid. Be flexible. Look for open doors, opportunities. I have a friend. His name is Mike. I, I just kind of met him this morning, and um, I guess we met before, but he's been making some changes and adjustments in his life in the past, and I'm going to have him share for a little bit this morning.
Wow, it's a privilege to be here this morning. I told Pastor Heath I brought some notes, and I know pastors always get nervous when they have special speakers who say they have notes. And at our church, whenever we had a, a special speaker come in, I would always tell them the one rule we have is that you have to quit at 40 minutes, even if you're in the middle of a sentence. You've got to quit. And I want you to know here this morning, I want to reassure you and Pastor D that I will not go any longer than 40 minutes. So you can be assured of that. This church has changed my life, and Pastor D's ministry has changed my life, and I want to say thank you. Just to give you a little uh, short background, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I got saved when I was 18 in a little Baptist Bible study in Happy Valley, Oregon. And when I got saved, I really got saved. I was going to change the world for Jesus. I was going to sleep in ditches and, and go around the country preaching. And so I was really on fire for the Lord. Uh, back in 1978, some of you might remember, there was Jesus Northwest up, up the road here in Turner. And Keith Green closed out that, that whole event, and it was real life-changing for me. And so I've, coming to Jesus has been the thing that has really changed my life, radically. And I always wanted to serve him, and I ended up working at a big multi-ethnic church in Portland for many years, and uh, I was, some of you back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, kind of a pro-family movement here in Oregon, I was involved with that, I was on TV and radio quite a bit, and so I really poured my heart out for the Lord, and about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I became a pastor of a small church, and I have to tell you, it didn't work out the way that I'd hoped. I worked, and I prayed, and I was really believing this church would grow. And the church had a lot of troubles, a lot of problems when we got there, and it just, it just didn't seem like we could get a harmony of vision. And I was, really had a heart for discipleship, and being a disciple, and training people how to be disciples, kind of what the thing that you know, Pastor D teaches and promotes here. And I've got to tell you, you guys have such an amazing ministry here. You don't find this hardly anywhere. And I believe that if God is going to do a revival, this is the kind of discipleship ministry that he's going to build a revival on. There were a lot of people in our church, that kind of holdovers. They, they wanted more of a signs and wonders type ministry. It was kind of a charismatic background, and that was really not in my heart for the Lord. And after 11 years, you know, we had the typical, you know, we had the rebellions and, you know, they had challenges at church and I took all that on and you go, you got to be able to persevere in spite of these things and you see Jesus work and last fall, it was just like the Lord telling my wife and I, it's, it's, your time here is over. This is done. And so last, at the end of October last year, we left and we ended our time there at, at that church and I have to tell you, I didn't intend to leave Jesus. You know, you have the words of eternal life, Lord, where are we going to go? But I, I was discouraged. I was very discouraged. You know, I, I wasn't going to give up on the Lord, but I kind of felt like maybe the Lord had given up on me. Does anybody else ever feel that way? Maybe I'm the only one that's ever felt that way before. So, you know, Lord, what am I going to do? And praying about that and, and uh, trying to move forward with that. And then I started getting these illnesses. It's like nothing I've ever had starting in December. I got sick and sick and sick and, you know, flu. How many have had that bad flu this year? It was horrible. I got it twice. 
Second time, I ended up in the hospital for four days. Never had that happen to me before. And I could have died. And I think the Lord was somehow trying to get my attention. And about that time, I rediscovered Pastor D's ministry. And I rediscovered the blog. And I started, I actually discovered the blog for the first time. Uh, I'd known of Pastor D to actually come speak to a men's, uh, men's retreat at, for our church. And I, I'd really connected with his heart, his ministry, and what he was doing. But then, you know, our, a lot of the people at our church kind of wanted to do a different thing. And so, but now I was freed to really receive what the Lord had put on Pastor D's heart to teach. So I started reading the current uh, blog, you know, and he was getting ready to go on the bike trip and so forth. This was around April. And the Lord put it on my heart to read the whole blog. So I went back. If you go on his, his blog page, you can go back all the way to 2014 and go down to July 2014 where he started off on the, on the blog. And so I started doing that. And I, I've made a commitment that I'm going to read every blog entry by the 1st of August. I think I'm up to July 2016 right now. And it's so good, I, I repost things on my Facebook page. And I've told everybody that, you know, it's, it's really good, but I've, I've warned them they should not read the blog. And the reason they should not read the blog is because I like to be the smartest and most knowledgeable person around, and if they read the blog, they will be as smart and as knowledgeable as I am, and I, I just can't have that. So I've told them, I'll post what's good for them to see, and, and then that will be enough for them. But anyway, I've been reading through the blog, and it has changed my life. It has renewed my love for Jesus, I mean, my commitment to serve him, and I want to do something great with my life. I, I'm pretty old now. And I want still have faith that God is going to do something great through my life. I may not be in ditches, sleeping in ditches, preaching the gospel. I may be on a bike ride someday doing that. But it has been a tremendous blessing to me. And Pastor D wrote, he said, that he sees a lot of people not finishing well. They get to a certain point in life where they start coasting, plateauing, taking it easy. And he said he lived in a healthy fear that that would happen to him and that he was working to make sure that that did not happen to him. And what an inspiration that was for me. And I've taken inspiration from that. And I want to do something great for God. So I'm praying and I'm believing. I'm believing for open doors. I don't know what the Lord has for me in the future. I mean, it's pretty risky to be my age and what's God got for me? I don't know. But we'll see. I have faith and believe, and I, I know God's going to do great things. So thank you, Pastor D, so much for this uh, opportunity here this morning. Thank you. thank you. Thank you, Mike. My wife says, do you know this fellow? I says, not really. But we've been corresponding uh, via email and stuff, and and so I've really enjoyed becoming a friend uh, with the written words. I look forward to that even developing more. So, point 12. Write a goal on paper. Now, you know, uh, Llewellyn mentioned on the screen, 
you can be absolutely super crazy. I mean, don't let anybody read it. But put on paper just the craziest dream. If you could do anything and had everything that you needed to do, what would you do? Put it on paper and then read it and pray about it. And it's amazing how God will start opening up doors and giving opportunities and then at some point pull the trigger. That means do something. Make a, a start no matter how crazy it is, and see if God won't work and bless. God loves to work through people uh, that trust him and have fire. Um, and so you're going to run out of time one of these days, stand before Jesus. You want that to be a good day. And so make today the first day of the rest of your life, as it were, and dream some dreams no matter where you are. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for creating us in your image. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, to pay the penalty of our sins. Thank you for your spirit that lives in us. Thank you for the power and the gift of prayer. Lord, you have so much in the world that needs done, and we are your method. There is no plan B. I pray that every one of us, Lord, will be excited about what we can do for you and trust that you'll provide everything we need uh, to serve you well and that we'll be excited about tomorrow and next week and next month because of all the open doors you'll provide for us uh, to serve you. Uh, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ushers are passing out some cards. I encourage you to fill those out. On the back, there's a place for prayer requests. Whatever you put on there goes in our prayer letter. About 500 people will pray that this week. Maybe you can just put on there, pray for me that I'll get off the couch. Something like that. Drop it in and we'll pray it and God will work as a result of it.